declare that tonight. Amen. Amen. Thank God for the great pastor of this church, Dr. Linnell Pickett. Amen. Give your pastor a round of applause. Amen. Amen. Sister Pickett, the first lady of this church. Amen. Amen. Certainly, I am honored and privileged to be your son. I have learned a great deal from you. You are an inspiration to me. Amen. Even in the rigorous attempt and approach towards education, you've been certainly an inspiration and also a guide with the help of the Holy Spirit to help me out in that enterprise. Surely you're a man of holy character, impeccable integrity. Your light is indeed shining. Give him a round of applause. But there are so many men of God who look one way and live another way. But when you have a pastor that walks in integrity, surely you are blessed. Amen. Amen. Give him one more round of applause. Amen. What a blessing. How many of you know God can't bless a mess? Amen. Got to do what you're supposed to do before God's hand and blessing will be on your efforts. Amen. Amen. And we also thank God for Dr. Stevens. God bless you. Amen. 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 The associate pastor, one of the associate pastors of this church, truly, amen. He's on fire for the Lord. Amen. Amen. What a great support to his pastor. He always is there to anytime Dr. Pickett needs anything, he's there to help and to assist. And he, do it, do it, he does it with a spirit of humility. Amen. There are so many associate pastors and pastors who sit under the leadership of pastors and they have a restless spirit. But see, I understand, I came to understand a long time ago that you have to be able to follow effectively before you can lead effectively. Amen? Amen. 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 Too many people now are running onto the battlefield untrained for battle just because they have a restless spirit. Restless spirits will get you in trouble. Amen? Sometimes you have to be still and know that he is God. Amen? Amen. So we thank God for that. Amen. I also want to recognize my wife, Dr. Floyd. I love you dearly. And my daughter, Melania. Amen. Amen. Everybody knows that's my good thing. Amen. He that findeth a wife, findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor from the Lord. How many husbands in the church tonight can declare that? Amen. All right. Now your wife's watching. You better go ahead and clap. Amen. You better get excited and clap. Amen. Hey, all right. There you go, Doc. All right. <laughs> all right. We can laugh in church, can't we? Amen. 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 And I thank God for, for the, the officers and leaders of this church, the deacons, mothers, members of this great church. Amen. Burkett Chapel, please give good hope a round of applause. Amen. Amen. And Deacon Granger and Mother Granger, God bless you all. We're praying for Deacon Granger. Amen. Amen. We're definitely praying for him. Amen. And we thank God for him and as well as you, Mother Granger. Amen. Amen. I thank God for our members. Amen. Deacon. We first I want to recognize Deacon Floyd, the chair of our deacon board and our deacons. God bless you all. Thank you all so much for coming out. Amen. And you all did a great job with devotion. Amen. As usual. Amen. Thank you all so kindly. Also, our mothers and deaconess. Under the leadership of Mother Harvin, God bless you all, amen? And we thank God, amen, for our ushers. God bless y'all, amen? 
Amen. Y'all look good on the floor. Amen. Holding down. Amen. Your posts. Amen. Amen. We certainly thank God for each and every one of you. And I just want to let you all know I love you all. And I thank y'all so much for coming out and supporting me. Amen. And supporting this church. Amen. We thank God. Amen. Amen. One thing I've learned very early on, people don't have to follow you. Because one thing about a doc, if you are walking and you think you're leading, you look around and no one's following you, you're just taking on a walk, taking a walk, amen? So I thank God for, for them coming to support, amen? But there is a word from the Lord today, amen? Amen. If you allow me to use as a topic, we can make it happen, amen? Amen, amen, amen. We can make it happen. Amen. Now we see in this text, we see that this was the apostle Paul, him knowing the, the, the tenets of the faith, making the, the really setting the foundation of the administration, the ecclesiastical structure of the church, teaching them understanding that God gave gifts for a reason. God didn't give gifts to the church to be manipulated, to be used for selfless reasons and selfless gain. The gifts were giving and delegated, and, and they were giving to edify the body. Amen? First, we're going to look at what a mess, and then we're going to look at, amen, what a gift, and then we're going to finish off with what an opportunity. Amen. We all have a great opportunity. First, what a mess. A terrible controversy was raging in the Corinthian church over spiritual gifts. All kinds of questions were being bantered about which gift was essential and which gifts were the most valid and true, which gifts were the most important and which gifts were the most useful and also needful. Which gifts were to have precedence over the other gifts and which gifts were to be desired and coveted. And also they they also discussed which gifts were the most honorable and also they discussed and had dialogue and they wondered and pondered in their minds about which gifts were more acceptable. Amen. That sounds like some conversations that I had in some local churches. Amen. How many of you know there's nothing new? under the sun. God had blessed the Corinthian believers with an abundance of spiritual gifts so they could effectively minister to the citizens of a pagan Corinth. However, the believers never came close to launching the ministry God had intended for the church. Why? I'm glad you asked. Because many of the believers had misunderstood and were misusing and abusing the spiritual gifts which God had given them. See, they didn't understand that God gave it to them, not just for them. I understand very clearly. And the Bible declares that it is your gift that makes room for you and brings you before great men. But the gift doesn't just make room for you selfishly. It makes room for you so you can edify and bring someone else up. Amen. 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 Some begin to feel their gifts were more important than the gifts of others. That they were more blessed than other believers. And therefore, all kinds of sins begin to swell up in the hearts of these people. A sense of pride, arrogance, super spirituality. They had uh, an elitism attitude. They felt like they were better than someone else. Amen. Pride comes before the fall. Amen. They had a sense of pride, arrogance, amen, and they had a spilling or spirit of self 
importance. Romans 12 and 3 declares, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. What we must understand, we can't get anything twisted. We can't begin to look at ourselves and think that we are anything but a bag of dust. Our righteousness is but a filthy rag. Amen. We're less than nothing. We're worse than nothing. It's God that wakes us up every morning. And what we must understand, it is in him that we live, move, and have our being. He chose you for this time. He chose you for this era. He chose you for this moment. This is your opportunity. Corpe diem, will you seize the moment? The only way you can seize the moment is through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you have the wrong focus, if your paradigm is in the wrong place, if your worldview has been distorted because you've been looking at yourself, you need to repent and say, Lord, change me. Because you can't do anything without God's blessing on your life. I don't care how well you can sing. I don't care how well you can pray. I don't care how well you can preach. I don't care how well you can give. It does not matter unless God gives you his anointing because his anointing is what makes the difference. His anointing is what destroys yokes. His anointing is what interrupts silence. His anointing comes to make you effective. Amen. You may think you're doing something. You may think you're doing a lot of good works. Yeah, you may be doing that. But if God's anointing does not rest upon your efforts, you are just wasting time. Amen. Amen. And you have to have the right focus. You have to have the right mentality. You have to have the right humility to get what God has for you. Amen. Amen. Others began to feel that they had to have the same gifts as others. So they became envious and began to seek their gifts. The result was a terrible abuse of gifts. Some persons began to counterfeit some of the gifts and their abuse brought disorder and disruption to the church. What we must understand, watch this, don't try to be something that God didn't ordain you to be. Tell your neighbor, don't you do it. Amen. You should not be a cheap copy of a great original. Look at your finger. Your fingerprint is unique. If you look at your DNA, your DNA is unique and exclusive only to you. God says in his word through David that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. When you attempt to be just like someone else, you may be able to do it for a little while, but eventually you're going to fail. Because what you must understand is that person's anointing is the sum total of what he has experienced or what she has experienced. Your anointing becomes more strong and more prevalent and more effective when you have gone through something. See, what you must understand is you might want someone's anointing. You might want someone's power. You may want someone's authority, but you don't want to go through what they went through to get what they got. You don't know all the nights they had to cry. You don't know the people that came and stabbed them in their backs. You don't know the 
people that shut doors in their face. You don't know about the opposition that they had to face and they had to cry all night long. But the Bible declares that weeping man do it for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I don't have time to try to be like someone else. I'm still trying to find out who I am. I have time to seek the face of the Lord. Huh? And then once he reveals it to me, I don't care what they say about me. No devil in hell can stop me because the Bible declares that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Yes, they may try to destroy the vision of God in my life. They may try to tell me to go over here when I know God is telling me to go over there. I don't care what you say. I respect what you say and I love you still. Huh? I still pray for those that despitefully use me and you may really feel like I need to do that. But God's word overrides anything you have to say to me because I understand when I get in alignment with his will for my life, I will be empowered to succeed. That's where you need to be right in the midst of God's will for your life. Amen. 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 And see what happens in that case. Now, Proverbs 14 and 30 says, a sound heart is life to the body, but envy is rottenness to the bones. And what happens in a lot of local churches and people are envious of others' gifts. And while you are envious, that person is going about their business because they got the memo. God has already revealed to them what he has for them to do. Here they are being a good steward over what God gave them to do. And that's why they're doing it well. Because what you must understand is when you find that thing, somebody say that thing. When you find that thing that God created you to do, because he told Jeremiah that he, before he formed him in his mother's womb, he already had ordained him to be a prophet. Once you find out that thing that God has made you to do, you can do it in your sleep. You can do it in your sleep, and people can wonder. Other people trying to copy you, they get frustrated. They can't figure out how you do it so easy. Just say, but God. You don't have to figure out. You don't have to tell them how you do it. It's because God made me to do it. He gave me the grace to do what I'm doing. He gave me the skill set. He gave me the talent. He gave me the abilities to do it. I can't help that he didn't give it to you. You better find out what he gave you to do, and then you can have the grace to do what he called you to do. One day you got to stand before the Father. Is he going to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Now I'm going to make you ruler over many things. Or is he going to say, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. I know you're not. Seek the Lord while he may be found. He will reveal what he has for you. Amen. I don't have time to be jealous of someone else. That's a lack of faith. Amen. Thank God that's not a spirit that he gave me because I praise God for someone else's gift. When you find out that you can get just as excited for someone else when they are blessed. Amen. You'll be praising God all day long. When someone else gets a breakthrough. When someone else can show enough saying. When someone else can show enough preacher. When someone else can show enough pray. You ought to praise God just as if you're the one doing it. Because God says we're all one body. No one is more important than anyone else. Everyone is significant, everyone is important, and everyone has something to do. Everyone has something to do. Everyone has a place. Dr. Pickett can't do it by himself. Everyone has to pull their load. Everyone else has to carry their weight. We have to carry each other's burdens. God has called us to be a light, and we can't be a light by ourselves. That is a collective light. Amen? And because of someone's conduct, it may cause the light to be dim, but no weapon that is formed against you shall be able to prosper. You keep on seeking God. You keep on doing what God told you to do. And by and by, weeping man 
can't do it for a night, but joy comes in the morning light. Somebody might declare that he may not come when you want him to come, but someone can always declare he'll be right on time. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. How many in the church right now can declare that he's an on-time God? You've been waiting. You've been seeking. You've been asking. You've been knocking. And finally, though it tarry, wait for it. It shall surely come to pass. If he's ever caused it to come to pass for you, you ought to wave your hand right now and say, Lord, I thank you for the fact that you always show up for me. And when you show up, you show up. Amen. 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 There it was. Argument and debate. Strife and division over the spiritual gifts of God. God had given spiritual gifts to equip his people for ministry. But instead of using the gifts for ministry, they were arguing over what gifts were essential. Oftentimes, petty matters can come in and interrupt what God is trying to do. Everyone else is happy. Everyone else is working. Everyone is excited about the vision that God has given the man of God for the church. But now you got one or two people trying to mess everything up. But you can't worry about that. You have to stay focused and stay in your lane. As I was going up to Georgia, amen, Deaconess Bentley lost her aunt. And we were driving up to Georgia. And on my way back, I was studying for my sermons on Sunday. And I looked out the window and I saw a car beside us. And the car seemed to veer over a little bit into our lane. And I said, you know what? That's how it is in the body, in the local church. The road has been designed with lanes. We're all heading in the right direction on a highway. You can have a two-lane highway, a three-lane highway, a four-lane highway, or a five-lane highway. But the principles still apply. Everyone in those individual and exclusive lanes have to stay in their lanes. If one person comes over and veers over too far into the other person's lane, something bad is going to happen. Either that person is going to hit the car or that person that the car comes towards is going to overcorrect and then hit someone else. Nothing good is going to happen. Now everyone had plans to get to their destination. They don't know each other. It just happened that way, and they got into an accident because one person was not focused. One person may have been texting. One person may have been trying to discipline their child. Whatever the case may be, that person was not focused on the objective of staying in their lane. As a result of that person losing their focus and being self-centered, not focusing on the other people who had family members, who had loved ones, and who were trying to get home, now because of that, now there are fatalities on the road. But what we must understand is the same thing happens in the church. People, lanes have been clearly, clearly formulated since the foundation of the church. Pastors, deacons, different people in different positions, teachers in the church, diverse gifts in the church. See, you have to know your role and stay in your role, stay in your lane. It's only when flesh rises up. 
It's only when flesh rises up, then people take their focus, focus off of Jesus and begin to put their focus on themselves. And now they're veering to the left and veering to the right. And here you are running the race that's been set before you, trying to stay in your course. And now they're bumping you off, bumping you to the right, bumping you to the left. But you better say, Lord, I just trust you right now. That eventually, your Bible declares that he work all things together for the good of them that love the Lord. And for those who are called according to his purpose, leave me alone. I don't have time for this. I'm not a garbage can. I'm trying to stay in my lane. I'm trying to be a good steward. I'm trying to support the vision. I'm trying to support the church. I'm trying to make a difference. I'm trying to let my light shine. I'm trying to help the community. I'm trying to advance God's kingdom. I don't have time to be distracted. See, I understand this. I have to spend 12 hours in a day trying to get myself together and then another 12 hours staying out of everyone else's business. I don't have time in a 24-hour cycle to get in anyone else's business business. I need to stay on my lane. There's something I need to work out in my own life. I'm trying to work out my salvation with fear and trembling. I don't have time to try to figure out what's wrong with you because God is still working on me. Tell your neighbor, God is still working on me. Amen. Amen. Too often envy and jealousy over the gifts of others causes a person to counterfeit a gift. What is the difference between a counterfeit dollar bill? Let's go up to a hundred. What's the difference between a counterfeit one hundred dollar bill and a genuine one hundred dollar bill? They look very similar. If they were not similar, they would not pass as a one hundred dollar bill. The difference between the two is one came from the right source. One came from the right printing press, and one came with the right ink on it. One came with the right right watermark on it. And it's obvious that it's the genuine article. Even those who are trained, who work in the banking industry, who are trained to feel a $100 bill, to know that that is indeed a one. You don't have to hold it up to the light. You know by touching it that it's genuine. Then when you touch one that is counterfeit, although they've made, they work very diligently to try to fix it up, try to make it look like the genuine article, eventually when it gets into the hand of a trained and skilled person that knows the difference between a real $100 bill and a counterfeit $100 bill, the truth is going to come out. I don't care if you are genuinely called by God. If your gift genuinely came from the right source, if you know that God has called you to do something, equipped you to do something, and gave you something to do, it doesn't matter how much scrutiny you have to bear. It doesn't matter how much they talk about you and hold you up to the light and try to poke fun at you. It does not matter because you are real. Yeah, someone's trying to counterfeit, trying to look a certain way. Someone's trying to be a professional Christian, coming into the church with the right clothes on, coming into the church with the right hair, do huh? coming into church with the right earrings on huh? coming into the church with a three-piece suit on huh? but really huh? if you look at that person's life a little bit closer huh? if you hold that person's life up to the light you'll see that there are some deficiencies and that counterfeit gift did not come from the right source I don't know where it came from someone may have talked to the person as a child and you said you look like a, a deacon huh? you look like a preacher huh? you look like a mother huh? you look like someone huh? who 
will play the piano. Huh? You look like someone that can show enough saying. Huh? You got the head of a deacon. Huh? Whatever the case may be. Huh? You never took the time to seek ye first. Huh? The kingdom of God huh? and its righteousness. Huh? Because you have to seek the Lord first. Huh? And then when God reveals it to you. Huh? When the impartation comes into your mind. Huh? When the revelation shows up in your heart. Huh? You better not let anyone else tell you anything different. Huh? One thing about the call of God on your life. Huh? You can't rest until you line up with it. Huh? You can run as fast as you want to run. Huh? You can try to rebuke it. You can try to hide from it. But one thing about it, God is everywhere. Huh? He's omniscient. Huh? He's omnipresent. Huh? He's omnipotent. You can't hide from God. Huh? You may as well come out with your hands up and say, Lord, I surrender. Huh? Make me whole, Lord. Huh? Shake me. Huh? Mold me. Huh? Empower me. Equip me. Anoint me. I can't do it without you, but I know with the power of God. Huh? I can be who you call me to be. I can go where you call me to go. Yeah, the enemy's trying to stop me. Huh? The enemy's being meticulous. Huh? He sat down. He studied me. Huh? He's tried to formulate a, a plan for my destruction. Huh? But I understand this, huh? that the Bible declares huh? that no weapon that is formed against me shall be able to prosper because I got my calling from the right source. Huh? I got my anointing from the right source. Huh? I got my gift from the right source. Huh? No devil in hell can stop me. Huh? You ought to declare right now. Huh? Yeah, I've had to face some opposition along the way, huh? but we can do it. Huh? I've had to face some difficulties along the way, but yes, we can do it. Huh? I've had to face some trials along the way, but yes, we can do it. Huh? I've had to have some setbacks along the way, but yes, with the help of God, we can do it. Huh? One thing about your trial, huh? one thing about your tribulation, huh? one thing about your storm, huh? every storm has to end. Huh? Every trial has an expiration date on it. Huh? As long as God led you into it, huh? he has the power to sustain you within it. Huh? Not only does he have the power to sustain you within it, huh? he has the power to bring you out of it. Huh? I don't know about you, but the Bible declares huh, that he'll bring you forth as pure gold. Huh? How many gold pieces do we have in the church today? Huh? Has he ever brought you forth as pure gold? Huh? My God, huh? my God, shall supply all my needs huh? according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but I thank God for the fact that he showed up for me time and time again. As a matter of fact, what time is it? He's getting ready to do it again. Huh? You better praise God right now and have a spirit of expectation, believing that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we shall ask or think, huh? according to the power that works in me. Huh? I don't know about you. Huh? I'm not going to walk around with my head hung down. Huh? I believe by the power of the Holy Spirit, huh? by the anointing of God, huh? I can become who God called me to become. Someone's getting ready to go to another dimension. Someone's getting ready to go to another level huh? because you're in alignment with what God has called you to do. You ought to praise God right now. What a gift. What a gift. We're getting ready to praise him in just a moment. Amen. Pointedly, Paul says, what a gift, what a gift. Pointedly, Paul says, there should be absolutely no pride, controversy, or division over spiritual gifts. And what we must understand, this is significant. Watch this. Gift in the original Greek, it means favor or bestowed. A gift. One thing about a gift, you can't determine the gift that someone gives you at Christmas. You may try to give hints and clues. You may be in the store with them and say, you know what, I sure like that. I wish, I, I just can't afford it, but I really would love to have that. You may throw some hints. Husbands, you know you've done that before. Wives, you sure enough have done that before. 
Probably at the car dealership, amen? But we can't determine ultimately it has to be that person's will and desire to purchase it, to with the help of God provide it. See, I don't care how much you pray, Dr. Pickett. I don't care how much you seek the Lord, Dr. Stevens. He is only going to give you the gift that he's ordained for you. You can fast until you lose your life. You can pray until you fall out. You can get on your knees for 40 days straight and have calluses on your knees and blood coming from your knees. But still, he's only going to give you the gift that he has ordained for you. As a matter of fact, you were born with the the abilities to facilitate the gift. Now, the gift is produced when the Holy Spirit comes to dwell. And what happens is the Holy Spirit begins to reveal what the gift is, but when God shaped you in your mother's womb, see, it wasn't by chance that your mother and your father came together. Understand this, that God had to send the right people together, even if it was a mistake. God had to allow the right people to come together that had the right DNA makeup, the right genes to produce you. And as he brought those people together or those people came together, they produced you. And then when you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit confirmed what he had already ordained because he's the third person of the blessed Trinity. He's God. Amen. He will begin to reveal and confirm what God has already ordained for you. That's why the Holy Spirit comes to lead and to God. He comes to bring all things to your remembrance. One thing about the Holy Spirit, that's why you have to know the voice of God, because he will reveal and show you what God has for you. It's your responsibility to get in alignment with it, to fight for your anointing, to fight for your position, to fight to go where God has called you to go. Because one thing about God, Whenever he guides, he always provides. Watch this. Now, we have free will. We make our own choices. But when we make good choices, we make the right choices through the leading of the Holy Spirit. Yes, through this journey, there's no good thing in the flesh. Because one thing about being effective, to whom much is given, much is required. In order to perfect your craft and to develop your gift to the fullest, to the optimal level that God has ordained for you, there are sacrifices that you have to make. But oftentimes, even in my time in in the National Football League and playing football, there are people that were so talented that they would not work and go to the next level. They completely depended upon their talent. But there's going to come a time when you are no longer going to be able to depend on your talent. You're going to need the skills, the fundamentals to still be effective because everyone in here is going to get old. There's going to come a time you're not going to be able to sing like you can sing now. There's going to come a time where you can't go like you can go now. There's going to come a time where we can't preach like we can preach now. There's going to come a time when you can't do like you do right now. Now you're going to have to have the fundamentals of the faith. But what we have to do is we have to develop our gift. 
And if you are focused on developing your gift, if everyone individually, uniquely, exclusively, exhaustively, and absolutely, if everyone is focused on their own gift, one might have two gifts and one might have three gifts, one might have whatever the case may be. Whatever your gift is, you have to work it. Because God sends certain gifts to local churches. Every local church should have a certain amount of gifts. A certain amount of people that have certain gifts. That way the church can be effective and the church can line up with the mandates from heaven. And when you begin to focus on that, God will bless you with his anointing. God will bless you with his presence. God will bless you with his power. God will bless you with his provision. Because he has chosen you before the foundation of the world to be who you are. To be where you are. If he has chosen you, God is far too wise to choose someone and then not notify them. One thing about someone, you can win something and then they may not notify you, but you want it, but you don't even know it. How good is that? God has gifted you and given you something. He notifies you. And then not only that, he gives you the power. I'm going somewhere. He gives you the power to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. So as much as you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. That's the Holy Spirit's job. His job is to keep us on one accord. To keep us in our positions. To keep us in our places. If everyone in the church does what they're supposed to do, what a marvelous church we could have. Not only Good Hope, but Burkitt Chapel Primitive Baptist Church. We can do it. Amen. 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 And then next, we're going to finish off with what an opportunity. The point is this. To see that it's forceful, no matter the gifts, ministries, and activities, they all are given by the Spirit, the Lord and God. The gifts are not and could not be worked up by believers, not genuine gifts. Neither are they earned, merited, or even deserved. Therefore, all feelings of self-importance and all controversy needs to be stopped. And the face of God needs to be sought in repentance. For God is the one who has given and distributed as he wills. He alone knows best how to reach the people of this desperate and dying world. Therefore, he alone knows what gifts and graces are needed. And the generations and times by the races and countries of the world for the minds and the emotions of all people and for the conversion and growth of all people. The way that you can be effective within your gift set, within your calling, is that you have to humbly, mm, humbly thank God 
for choosing you. God didn't have to give you that gift. He didn't have to give you the ability to do what you do. But because he has done that, you should thank God every day. No matter what it is. No matter where you have gone. No matter what you're asked to do. If God has given you the gift to do it, you ought to say, Lord, I just thank you. See, someone has been looking around the church and coveting someone else's gift, saying, Lord, why didn't you give me that gift? Lord, why didn't you call me to do that? Lord, why don't I get any recognition for what I am doing? I don't care if man never gives you any recognition. God is allowing you to store up treasures in heaven, and I don't know about you, I thank God for what he's doing in my life. You ought to praise God today because he's the one that woke you up this morning. He's the one that started you on your way. My God came down through 42 generations and died for my sins. Not only did he die, but he rose on the third day with all power in his hands. Power to bless you. Power to keep you. Power to lead you. Power to guide you. Power to cover you. Power to take you where you never thought you could go. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. He's a keeper. The enemy thought you were going to lose your mind. He's been throwing everything at you, but the kitchen sink. But if you keep your mind stay on him. He'll give you perfect peace. I can't help but look unto the hills from which cometh my help because all my help comes from the Lord, the creator of the heavens and the earth. Yes, with the help of God, I can do it. Yes, I'm more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I understand the enemy is trying to stop me. He's trying to frustrate me. He's trying to cause me to walk around with my head hanging down. But if the Lord never does anything else for me. He's already done enough. Double, you can't stop my mind, my heart from being stayed on him because that's why I can praise God in advance because he got me through the storm. He got me out of the lion's den. He got me out of the fiery furnace. He pulled me out of the bankruptcy court. He pulled me out of the hospital. He pulled me out of the bad toxic relationship. He caused my kids to act right. He caused my wife to act right. He caused your husband to act right. He caused church folk to act right. I don't know about you, but nobody but the Lord can do that. You ought to praise God right now. If he's ever done anything for you, you ought to praise his name. I believe I have about, about 20 people in the church tonight that can show enough praise the Lord. It is in you that I live move and have my being. I can't help but praise you because you're setting me up for a testimony. I'm an overcomer by the words of my testimony. You have to go through a test before you can have a testimony. Who has a testimony in the church tonight? Well, if you have a testimony, you ought to praise God right now because God has been good. If it had not been for the Lord who was on your side, where would you be? You know you wouldn't be here today if you really knew what the enemy meant for you. He tried to destroy you. He tried to destroy everything that God was doing in your life, but God covered you. As a matter of fact, he protected you from danger seen and unseen. If you really knew what the enemy was trying to do, God didn't even notify you. He just took care of you. He has his angels of protection encamped around you. He has a hedge of protection around you. I thank God 
for the fact that even when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the living God will raise up a standard for me. If you really know that the Lord has raised up a standard for you, I dare you to praise his name. You act like the Lord has never done anything for you. You can't even tell anyone what the Lord has done for you. If you told them, they would lose their mind. But you know without a shadow of a doubt what the Lord has done for you. You're the one that cried all night long. You're the one that couldn't find any peace, couldn't find any joy. But I thank God for the fact that he gave me joy that the world didn't give. Joy that the world can't take away. He gave me the fullness of joy. I don't know about you, but I dare you to give him one more praise. Give him your best praise.